Hello and welcome to the World of Mouth podcast, where we share the stories of the world's best chefs and their favorite destinations to travel and eat. My name is Kenneth Nars and I'm the creative director of World of Mouth, a platform that connects over 500 restaurant experts who share their favorite places, from the best place to grab a hamburger to the latest must-visit new restaurant opening. Today we're meeting chef Virgilio Martinez in Lima, Peru. During many years of work, Virgilio Martinez has created a culinary movement through his use and research of the ingredients and the culinary culture of Peru. His work has played an important part in spreading the Peruvian cuisine around the world, and this has made him one of the most recognized chefs of our times. Through his cuisine, Virgilio Martinez has also highlighted Peruvian biodiversity and the importance of the social and ecological environments. For those of you who don't know him yet, we asked Virgilio Martinez to tell us a bit about himself and his culinary journey that made him one of the most famous chefs in the world. At the end of our talk, he will reveal his favorite restaurant recommendations in Peru and out in the world. You'll also find these places in our podcast notes. So, who is Virgilio Martinez? Yeah, hi, Kenneth. Uh, Virgilio Martinez is a, is a Peruvian chef, and I'm, I'm a chef of uh, Central Mill in Cusco, in, in the mountains in Peru. And then uh, I do have uh, some of the restaurants, but uh, that's my professional side as a, as a, as a cook. Then I'm, I'm, you know, trying to be a good man uh, doing special things. Okay. And you have a family as well? Yes. I'm a father of uh, Cristobal. Uh, uh, my wife, Pia, she's also a chef. And, uh, yeah, we have a, let's say, we have a beautiful family and we live in just like a few blocks, a few blocks from my restaurant in, in Lima. So um, I'm quite like a family guy lately, yeah, in the past, uh, let's say, five years. And uh, before we go back where it started, uh, at the moment, you're a family of uh, chefs in a way. Uh, how does it actually work in everyday life? Is it, is it hard to combine? Actually, we've, uh, we've experienced uh, pretty much amazing things uh, in, in our situation where, um, you know, most of, the, most of the time people ask us, like, uh, how difficult it is. And I say, like, it's not difficult because, uh, you know, for me, it was, it was, getting, it was getting very difficult to, to, to keep uh, people uh, with me when, whenever you are working a lot, uh, you know, when I started, when I start uh, doing this, I I used to work like 16, 15 hours, and uh, it was very difficult for me to to find somebody who who was you know uh, able to understand uh, my 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 passion, obsessions, and all this kind of stuff. So uh, uh, for me, uh, you know, finding Pia or for Pia finding me was it was just uh, in a way perfect, and then. My sister, she's the one who does the research in our research center, Mater Iniciativa. So, uh, in the end, it's the, it's the three of us uh, working every day, uh, from Monday to Sunday. Uh, if not in Lima, in Cusco, or maybe where we are here in London. Yeah. If we look at the 50 best, how, how big has that been for you and your restaurant? Has it made a big change? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
You know, we were just talking to, to a few friends uh, because I remember the first time I got into this list, um, I remember I received the letter by, by not by email, by, by you know, a, a real letter, you know, so, so we're counting like, uh, you know, it was like a long time ago and, and since then we've been evolving into, you know, into this global situation where, where, where you see like uh, we are like talking to different chefs from different parts of the world and the community is growing and of course uh, there are some very good things happening and there are of course many problems that you are now we are now seeing to that we need to address so i think it's, it's in a way good to be part of this uh, list uh of course i don't i don't think you know this idea of of, of the numbers is you know is is it pays justice to, to the whole thing but just the whole idea of being together and uh, that makes you know um, uh, the, the, this uh, this this whole committee stronger if we go back uh, you becoming a chef uh, briefly how how did that happen when you were young when when did, did that decision yeah it was it was yeah it was uh at the beginning it was it was just a stupid decision because i wanted just to leave peru i was i was just wanted to escape uh it was uh well actually it was a very tough times in peru uh terrorism you know not a safe place to live not much uh, hope for for young 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 guys so uh what, what i did uh, i decided to travel and I, I went to, I started in Canada, then I moved to New York, and I was always waiting for, uh, asking for jobs, and all I was getting was, you know, working in kitchens, you know, doing whatever you can do, but, you know, without speaking the language, because I ended up in Singapore, Thailand, uh, and then, of course, I realized that, you know, the, 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 the kitchen was my, my habitat, in a way, uh, so then I went back to Peru and I decided to, to, to tell my parents that I want to be a chef. So then I, I went back to, I moved to, to London to study. I lived in, then I lived, I, I, I was living in London for a while. And I got a job at the Ritz. Uh, then I moved to New York, to Lutez. And I did a few restaurants, you know, and, and yeah, it's, it's been a... It's been quite a, a, an adventure, this whole thing of... It's been about like 22 years doing this. And then coming back to Peru? Yeah, when, when I came back, uh, I was uh, after about 15 years of, of being abroad. Or, no, let's say about 12 years. Uh, I came back to Peru and uh, I realized that uh, there was so much to do like uh you know peru is so so diverse you know the biodiversity is huge like uh, you see the, the amazonia the amazon the andes the mountains uh, our our oceans are so rich so uh yeah we did, we just decided to 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 settle down and uh and, and do our thing and we start to create different menus and main menus based on on, on altitudes of peru and and you know doing research on on different ecosystems and different habitats and uh, also uh, do our interpretation and searching on and also our research on 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 our culture so probably uh, integrating uh, different um, disciplines was was very important because uh, we we had this idea that, you know, just being in the kitchen, 
and re replicating the recipes was was just okay. But if we really wanted to do something special, we had to go to all these places in, in, in Peru. So that's what we did. Uh, we went back to Peru and I did spend like one year traveling to different places, uh, visiting Andean communities, living in Amazonian communities. So it was quite special. So then I came back to the kitchen and the whole story of being a cook for me changed because uh, I wasn't supposed to to be replicating what I was doing in in French, you know, uh, mm -hmm. yeah. kitchens. So I st I, st I started to 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 create our own uh, narrative yeah. system. And you, and you also worked at uh, Astrid y Gaston. Sure. Which was and that would that have been one of the pioneers of this kind of approach? Or sure, I consider Gaston one of my mentors because uh, you know uh, when I when I when I left Peru, I had no much I had very little idea about Peruvian cuisine, and I wasn't even like proud of Peruvian things. You know, uh, I was I was very young and. Um, so when I went back, uh, Gaston gave me a job, and uh, and he, in a way, he, he he explained me, you know, how important it is to, to to your your identity, you know, don't no no forgetting, you know, where you're coming from, and you know your roots and this kind of stuff. Don't forget about your 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 history, you know, your your you know your family and all these kind of values that probably when you when you when you live by yourself you start to you start to, to lose mm. so that's why i consider him like a very important uh, guy who, who who happens to to be in peru now and who runs like about like uh, 40 restaurants in the world yeah yeah if you for somebody who has not been to your uh, restaurant central how would you describe it you just told uh, about the approach and about the work but what what kind of a restaurant is it is it uh, well it's just i would say like it's, it's a journey and we don't we're trying and we're not considering uh ourselves as a, as, a, as a restaurant you know like uh wanna wanna when people to enjoy something that is more is closer to a a, a journey a museum a, a an experience where some uh, things that probably you've never seen before are gonna happen, and um, that's part of the experience. Um, being central, it takes about uh, three to four hours. Uh, it's a journey from the coast to the mountains, you know, and then uh, it's a few menus that we do uh, based on the elevations of Peru. So when I say like uh, you go from the ocean to the coast to the mountains, the Andes, then you go down to the Amazon to the jungle. So it's a it's a word to it's a it's a it's a it's an it's an experience where 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 you where you get to see nature in a Peruvian way. Okay, that sounds like a good description. <laughs> yeah. If we talk about restaurants uh, in the world and when you travel uh, and go to restaurants, and what's uh, what's the main factors that makes a great restaurant? Not like doesn't have to be like a top restaurant, but a meal, simple or fancy. Uh, what's which are the the important components? Yeah, well, that, that that actually depends a lot on on your mood and on your time. But uh, you know, uh, I do love. Uh, 
let's say Peruvian restaurants like cevicherias, like uh, these uh, casual places where you enjoy ceviches and and, and some other preparations, uh, mainly from 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 the from the sea, from the ocean, and uh, yeah, they they gotta they gotta taste good. I mean, I, I understand the ambience has to be nice, you know. And what I consider that is very important is that the people that is working there, they, they gotta be like happy and, and proud about the places, the place where they are, because in a way, like uh, you are, you are, you are not just consuming the the, the good food, you also, you also, you also, you're consuming the, the emotions or, 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 and the whole energy of, of of the place. So and nowadays, you know how important is your time. So whenever you 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 have uh, you have time to for a good meal. Uh, whether if it's a fine dining restaurant or, or a casual restaurant, uh, I mean, we are becoming more demanding about this, yeah. Uh, and it doesn't it doesn't mean that, that demanding means that you gotta go to a fine dining. Mm. Uh, there, there's there's lots of places. Yeah. yeah. But still, I believe that fine dining is important uh, in a way for for because we need in we need few places that do the reflection about. Was was the past and the future of gastronomy and, yeah, yeah. and our food system? Yeah, yeah. If we go to your uh, to your hometown to to Lima, when you go out to eat, could you name a few places that you really love? I mean, super yeah, simple sure. or or anybody any any. Yeah, I mentioned the cevicherías. The, let's say cevicherías, La Mar, El Mercado, uh, Alto Quepes. Uh, to name a few, then uh, we have the Criolla Cucina, Cucina Criolla Cucina, uh, which is uh, there are a few places, but uh, uh, my favorite is uh, Isolina, which is in Barranco, it's just a few blocks from my restaurant. And what kind of place? What what would you eat there? Uh, like uh, Lomo Saltado, like Carapulcra, like very traditional, you know, homey dishes. Huge portion, so you better go like uh, make sure that you are more than five people in your table. And then uh, let's say um, there is another one which is my one of my favorites uh, is uh, Merito in Barranco. Also, it's a it's a it's a new way to understand Peruvian cuisine. And then I also well, I also recommend my wife's restaurant, Koi. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, you mentioned the cevicherias. Uh, what uh, are they? Those you mentioned are they specialized in a certain type of uh, of, of ceviche, some certain kind of seafood, or? Well, you know, the, the whole concept of cevicherias is, is is being evolving a lot uh, since the Japanese influenced uh, the ceviches. They they've been changing, but. Again, also the ambience of the cevicheria has changed a lot. Before, you know, we used to have ceviches, and the cevicherias they used to serve only ceviches, mainly probably like like two or three ceviches, and that was it. And probably like uh, two or three products, that was it. Like uh, two or three, let's say, like uh, octopus, uh, one, um, let's say, um, grouper, or another, another, another seafood. But nowadays you go to a cevicheria and they, they serve like um, 45 dishes, you know, probably uh, half of them are ceviches, you know, using vegetables, using uh, seafood, using different, uh, uh, a huge variety of, uh, of um, fishes. So um, 
these cevicherias are changing a lot. So the ones I mentioned, La Mar, El Mercado, are kind of the modern cevicherias, but, but this, this structure of cevicherias are, are quite cool because uh, you get to see lots of dishes from our Peruvian, uh, let's say, repertoire, um, but in a, in, a, in a very like a casual, modern, fresh way. Okay, okay. Uh, any place that is super traditional, if you would have to pick one like super traditional cevicheria, would that, any, any place you... A very traditional one. Uh, yeah, uh, I would was, I was, I was say like, uh, you have to pick one day, uh, go to Javier Wong, Che Wong. Okay, yeah. And what would you eat there? Ceviche. Yeah. <laughs> he only does two dishes. Okay. Ceviche with uh, uh, lenguado, sole with octopus. And then also he does the, the same fish uh, fried. Then if we go overseas, uh, we leave Peru, out in the world, you've been uh, traveling quite a bit. And um, any favorite city for you that you uh, love to eat in or mention a few restaurants? Uh, you know, I've been going to Japan lately a lot and uh, all these places where you see, you know, specialized on, on tempuras, on, the, you know, on sushi, you know. Street food uh, in Taiwan, so I, I I can mention like many places like uh, you know I'm you know lately I've I've been talking about a lot about Asia, but then also places that I do enjoy as as much as I enjoy street food in in Peru in Lima, where you know my my heart is in in, in Lima street food, I would say the same with uh, taquerias in in Mexico you know, in Oaxaca like uh, all these amazing uh, uh, ways to treat the, the corn you know so specific everything and so so beautiful done in this uh, nice atmosphere you know where people is just uh, you see how happy is the people so yeah yeah um, any other uh, in, in Mexico City any favorites there or uh, would in Mexico would you prefer Oaxaca or I mean well, I, when I, I just I just went to Mexico and I, I went to Tacos El Califa and uh, I, I had a splendid time and uh, you know, but it's, 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 kind, it's kind of it happens in, in many different places, you know, and so it's difficult to name a few. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, what about if we go to Europe, uh, London, Paris? Copenhagen, other cities, any any favorites uh, in, in Europe? Well, um, let's say uh, London, where I I just enjoy a lot uh, the club club. Uh, then um, uh, we we're talking about Mexico, you know, Cole, yeah. By Santiago Lastra? Yeah, Santiago Lastra. Well, yeah. Um, uh, I've seen the Ledbury, it just opened again. So, you know, I, I had one of my best experiences uh, back in, let's say, like a, maybe like 10 years ago over there. So, yeah, that's one, you know, London is, is nice, but there's another region where I, I do enjoy a lot, which is uh, the Basque country. Uh, so, places like uh, Elcano. Uh, well, in in Gataria? Yeah, Gataria. Wow. And also... What is... Uh, so it's... I mean, they are doing something actually quite simple, treating great fish in a great way. 
but is is that it or how what what's the magic? Well, that's that's the thing that you see something that you consider or probably you've considered that simple, but when you see Aitor, the way he explained, you know, the whole piece, not as a whole piece, as a, as many pieces in one in one body. Uh, you get to understand, you know, the complexity of every single muscle, every single piece of the fish, uh, every single fat that is coming from one part to the other one. So that for me is quite like a beautiful educational experience because this is something that I don't, I don't do, and I don't, I, I consider that every time I go, I learn something. Uh, anything else has I mean Spain for uh, you as a Peruvian is Spain uh, a big influence has it been during your career or how do you see Spain as a culinary country well I, I, I've seen yeah I, I I got lucky because when I went to, to Spain to cook uh, there were there was the, the booming of, uh, of the cocina de vanguardia española so the new Spanish, the new Spanish with Ferran Adrià yeah. so I got to do a stash at the, at the Santi Santa Maria, uh, Raco de Canfabes, uh, just for, for, for a few, a few, few, few weeks and almost like, it was almost like, 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 uh, like a dream for me to go for, to, it was actually my first uh, three Michelin star restaurant. So, uh, yeah, I had lots of, uh, of, uh, of, of good memories about uh, Spain, uh, let's say Catalonia. Uh, Esayer de Can Roca, uh, Girona, of course, and um, then uh, El Basque Country. Uh, I lived in, in Madrid uh, because uh, I opened uh, a 3D Gaston restaurant in Madrid, like let's say like uh, 18 years ago. So I spent two years there. Uh, I got to travel a lot to different places in, in Spain, like, uh, like Segovia, like the north, the south. I I got to experience also like a fine dining as Kike da Costa, which is amazing. Uh, uh, a poniente now the nowadays is yeah. such a beautiful restaurant, so deep into a concept that is so 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 much about innovation. So uh, let's round this off. Uh, if you would, uh, you are now traveling, but if you, uh, in a few weeks, staying at home, you could pick uh, one place you could go with your wife in the world uh, to eat, uh, to one or two restaurants. Which, uh, where would you, where would you go? For one special night, I will go to Sasenka in Tokyo. Yeah. So beautiful Chinese-Japanese place. And what's, what, what kind of a place is that? Could you describe? Well, it's, a, it's actually a fine dining where, where you, you, get, you get to see how, how the innovation uh, makes this magic of this encounter of, of the Japanese side and the Chinese side of gastronomy. Very good. Let's hope that you can make that trip soon. <laughs> so, thank you so much, Virgilio. Thank you. And good luck with everything. Thank you, man. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for listening to the World of Mouth podcast with Virgilio Martinez in Lima, Peru. Find all of the recommendations mentioned in this episode and more on the World of Mouth app 
available in your app store or visit our website at worldofmouth.app. You'll also find these places in our podcast notes. I'm Kenneth Nars. Until next week, when we meet Chef Rasmus Kufud in Copenhagen. Copenhagen.